Thanks to this season's presenting sponsor, Driscoll's. Only the finest berries. Hello, young chefs, and welcome back to Mystery Recipe. I'm Molly Birnbaum, Editor-in-Chief of America's Test Kitchen Kids. And I'm Mitzi, of Admit, co-host and Molly's right-hand gal. Every week on Mystery Recipe, we'll be talking about the fun, fantastical, and fascinating sides of a different kitchen ingredient. And at the end of the season, we'll use all the ingredients to cook a mystery recipe together. We have got a great episode for you all today. We're going to start with a pressing question segment that's just overflowing with science. Then we're ending Chemical Leaveners Week with an epic battle in our wildcard. This week has really risen to the occasion, Molly. <laughs> yeah, it was a tall order, but I think it's going to get the right reaction from our listeners. This week has been so good, I almost didn't want to leave and nurse it. <laughs> <laughs> nice one. Molly, I bet I know how you got to the studio today. How's that? My car phonate. Uh Uh-huh. Maybe one too many jokes there? Maybe. Kind of fizzled out. Heyo! Looks good. I bet it tastes good. Ooh. This is going to be so exciting. Mystery Recipe. Fizzled out. Oh, gotta love working with one of the best in the biz. I feel the same way about you, Mitzi. Ah, listeners, it's time for Pressing Questions, where we answer a question from a young chef using science. Yep, every week Mitzi goes through our emails and voicemails and finds a question that we can conduct a science experiment to answer. That's right. And then Molly will call up that young chef to try out the experiment and discover the answer together. So if you have a question for us, have your grown-up send it to us at mysteryrecipe at americastestkitchen.com. Here's how it will work. We are going to talk to a kid recipe tester in their home and go step-by-step through each part of the experiment in our episode. And when we're done and our episode is over, we encourage all of you to recreate this science for yourselves in your own recipe labs, also known as your home kitchens. And don't forget to tell us how it went. All right. Should we get started with today's question? Ready when you are. Let's hear it. I know baking powder and baking soda are different. But how different are they? And when should I use one or the other? That was Teo and Ada from Boston. Perfect question, Mitzi. That will make for a great experiment. Great. I wasn't sure because I know we went over this a bit during the scoop. That's true, but we can use this experiment to go even further. Let's do an experiment comparing these two leaveners. Listeners, if you want to try this experiment along with us, here's what you'll need. Baking powder. Baking soda. Measuring spoons. Buttermilk, vinegar, or lemon juice. Water. Liquid measuring cup. And three tall glasses. This experiment might make a bit of a mess, so we recommend doing it in your kitchen sink. Golly, Molly, a mess warning at the start of an experiment? Ah, This is going to be so exciting! 
not much of a mess, so don't get too excited. Too late! Let's get started! For this experiment, we're going to be working with Teo and Ada. I talked to them over the computer. Can I get you to introduce yourselves, please? Hi, I'm Ada. I'm nine years old, and I live in Boston. I'm Teo. Um, I'm 12 years old, and I live in Boston. In this experiment, we're going to compare baking powder and baking soda. Let's start by measuring out a quarter cup of water and pouring it into one glass. Now we'll do the same thing again, pour a quarter cup of water into a second glass, and we'll put those two glasses in the kitchen sink. Because it might get messy! <sighs> right, Mitzi. Amazing. And so then before we start doing anything, the next most important step of our science experiment is to make our predictions. So what we're going to be doing is adding baking soda to one glass and baking powder to another glass of water that you guys have in the sink. What do you think is going to happen when we add baking soda to water? Do you have any guesses? Um, maybe it will explode. Okay. It might explode. Taya, what do you think? I think it will sink to the bottom. Sink to the bottom. Okay. I like it. And do you think that'll be different than what happens when baking powder is added to the water? And if so, how? I don't think anything's going to change. Uh, I think no, too. So you think it's going to be exactly the same? Yeah. I mean, I totally get that. They look really similar. What do they look like? To you guys, can you see them? They look like um, powder. Yep, powder. White, white, boring powder. They look exactly the same. But we're going to get to the bottom of the differences between the two of them in this experiment. Ready to give it a try? Ready! I've got all my stuff out over here, too. Mitzi, where did those glasses come from? Is that baking powder? This experiment sounds amazing. I just had to try it. Is that okay? Do you mind? Of course I don't mind. But I do think you should do this in the sink and not next to all of our expensive electronics and recording equipment. Ah, there's a good thought. Uh, let me just uh, relocate here. Uh, excuse me. Don't mind me. Uh, pardon me. Just going to uh, scooch around. Yeah. All right. There's only one way to find out what's going to happen, which is to do it. Let's start with one teaspoon of baking soda. Wait, you can measure that out and then add it to the first glass that you have in the sink. What do you guys see? It's all going to the bottom. Is anything else happening in there or is it just sinking down? It's um, sinking down to the bottom. Should we try sample number two, baking powder? So let's do one teaspoon of baking powder into the second glass of water you have in your sink. It's... It's foaming. A lot or a little? A little. A little. A little? Can you hear, does it sound like anything? Can you hear sounds? Yes. It sounds like uh, it's bubbling. 
All right, well, we still have one teaspoon of baking soda left for this experiment. Why don't we try and get a chemical reaction to activate with that? What we're going to do now is go ahead and measure either a quarter cup of buttermilk, lemon juice, or vinegar into our third glass. Which one do you guys have to use today? Vinegar. (laughs) Vinegar. Awesome. All right, so we're going to add a quarter cup of vinegar to the third glass. All right, is the vinegar in there? Then we can add that teaspoon of baking soda to the vinegar. Oh, gosh. It's bubbling faster. What does it sound like? I I feel like I can hear it through the computer even. It sounds um, like sizzling. Oh, that's a good word. Amazing. So it seems like that one had more activity than the baking powder in the water and way more activity than the baking soda in the water. Awesome. Do one of you guys want to give us a summary of what you saw? The first one was very slow, and it didn't really do anything. It just went to the bottom. The second one, it sizzled a little bit, and the third one, it sizzled a lot. Exactly. Baking soda needs a little extra in order to get a really good chemical reaction going. So, are you ready to hear the science? First, though, it's time for a word from our sponsors. Grown-ups, these ads are for... Mitzi, what's going on? Look out, Molly. Coming through on a wave of bubbles. <sighs> Grown up, these ads are for you. Hey, grown-ups, if there's one thing we simply cannot have enough of in my house, it is snacks. That's why Kroger's ship service is so great. You can browse snacks and other stuff online and get it shipped right to your house. It's fast and easy, and your order will arrive in as little as one to three days. My daughter Olive was pretty impressed. What's in there? Can you pull it out? (gasps) What do you think all those are? Do you think this is maybe the largest box of gummies you've ever seen? Yeah. What else is in the box? Pretzels. Learn more at Kroger.com and get the yummiest snacks shipped directly to your doorstep. All right, we should be back up. At least it was good timing with that ad break and everything. What on earth happened, Mitzi? You rode in here on a giant wave of bubbles. Ah, it was science, Molly. That teaspoon of baking powder was so cool. I thought I'd up the stakes a little bit, so I used a whole box of baking powder. (sighs) Just one box? Yeah, just one box. Just one extra-large industrial test kitchen-sized box. (laughs) Yikes. Let's see if Teo and Ada are still there. Hi, are you okay over there? (laughs) Young chefs, today we learned not to use the industrial-sized box of baking powder for any experiments. Well, it's time for science. Mitzi, do you remember how the chemical reactions happen in most chemical leaveners? Yep, Adelina covered this in The Scoop. Baking soda, which is sodium bicarbonate, starts to produce CO2, a.k.a tiny bubbles when it mixes with acid. Exactly. That's why in our third glass, the baking soda and buttermilk, vinegar or lemon juice created a reaction. Because buttermilk 
vinegar, and lemon juice are all acidic or contain acid. Exactly, but the baking soda just in water did not react very much. Right, there was no acid present to start the chemical reaction yet. So then, remember what's different about baking powder? Yes, like Adelina told us, baking powder contains sodium bicarbonate, like baking soda, but it also has acid in a solid crystal form. That's right. And starch to help it stay nice and dry. That crystallized acid is stable enough that you won't have a box of baking powder explode in your cabinet because those crystals need water to dissolve. Once water is introduced and those acidic crystals dissolve, you get a fizzy chemical reaction that creates CO2. So you mean to tell me that bubbly reaction we saw in those glasses is happening inside of dough as it bakes? Something like it. Yes, baking is a lot like chemistry. That CO2 reaction starts as soon as sodium bicarbonate and acid combine, but the heat from the oven really speeds things up. When cookies are in the oven, for example, two things are happening at once: CO2 air bubbles are forming, and the dough is baking and solidifying. So as the dough solidifies and cookie dough becomes cookies, the tiny CO2 bubbles are getting trapped and raising the dough up, so it can bake into light and yummy cookies that aren't dense and have lots of porous pockets of air. That's amazing! I love thinking about baking like chemistry. It's true, and like you discovered today, it's important to carefully measure chemical leaveners like baking soda and baking powder. Yeah. Because you don't want to create a wave of fizzy cookie dough erupting out of your oven. I don't think most of our listeners will have that problem, but if you don't use enough leavener, your cookies will be flat, dense, and hard. If you use too much leavener, it will get too puffy and will taste kind of gross. Yeah, can't have that. Exactly. So just like in chemistry, it's important to be exact in your measurements while baking. That just leaves one more question. When should we use what? Well, based on the findings of our experiment, what do you think, Mitzi? Well, if I had to make an educated guess, I would say it depends on the other ingredients in the recipe you're making. Go on. If there is an acid like buttermilk, vinegar, or lemon juice, then you could use baking soda. If there isn't an acid and there's just water and other dry ingredients. I guess we'd want to use baking powder. Excellent deductive reasoning there, scientist. Thanks again to our kid recipe testers Teo and Ada, and listeners. If you want to try this experiment at home, remember to tell us how it went. Grownups, you can reach us at mysteryrecipe at americastestkitchen.com. Thank you. Thanks so much, guys. What an experiment! And I promise to clean up all this mess after our recording today. Well, that might be pretty soon because that's the end of pressing questions for today. That means up next, it's time for our heroic adventure and our wild card segment. Let's hear it! In a world much like ours, a child was born—a child with extraordinary abilities, a child named Janet. Janet could rise up and stretch her limbs out to great lengths. 
Janet, get back down here. Hi, Birdie. But this special skill soon became a target on Janet's back. For this world, this world that was much like ours, had one striking difference. This world was flat. <laughs> Ruled by Comrade Buttonface. That's me. Who made sure everything had to be as flat as possible, just like he was. Anything tall was strictly forbidden. Forbidden. Ferris wheels ran sideways. This is less fun. Circus tents had no poles. Uh, hello? Uh, is anybody there? Well, we're stuck. The Empire State Building was one story high and stretched for hundreds of city blocks. This is very inconvenient for traffic. Giraffes were, well, giraffes were pretty much left alone. I mean, they're just so pretty and cool. Comrade Buttonface made an exception for them. You're cool, giraffes. You're cool. But I am in charge, and I don't want anything else to rise up. Not even loaves of bread. Everyone gets crepes for breakfast and tortillas for lunch. That's it. Nothing else. I would just like one nice, fluffy slice of rye bread. Never! As you can imagine, the people were not happy. But no one could stand up to Buttonface. Literally. He made everyone lie down on their tummies so as not to be taller than him. On your tummies, I say! But as Janet got older, she got stronger. Her mother taught her to use her powers for good and hide them from those in charge. She trained in secret for years, just waiting for the right moment to rise up and change the world. One day, I'll stop that evil Conrad Buttonface. Stop him once and for all. And that day is today, folks. So exciting. Wahoo! Isn't it great? I mean, less so for you. You just heard about all this like mere moments ago, but we've been living in this flat world for years now. We are just itching to overthrow this guy. So get on with it. Right. Right. Sorry. It was the morning of the annual Crepe Bake Off, an event Comrade Buttonface looked forward to every year. And Janet had a plan. They had met early that morning with the poor, unfortunate rye bread lover we heard from earlier. He had been the town baker in the before times and was stashing chemical leaveners in the hopes that one day he'd be able to bake again. After passing some off to Janet and her mother, they went to go take their seats at the bake-off arena because the event was about to begin. Ladies and gentle... Oh, in addition to being your narrator, I'm also an MC for local parties and events. Let me get you my business card. Get on with it! Okay, okay. Ladies and gentlemen, and everyone in between and beyond, welcome to the 300th Annual Crepe Bake Off! 
As I was walking everyone through the rules, Janet waited for her next move. On your marks, get set, bake! Crepe after crepe was flipped and sent over to Comrade Buttonface for inspection, a.k.a. breakfast. And that's when Janet stretched into action. She stretched her arm out all the way through the audience of the arena and stealthily onto the stage and sprinkled a little of the powder she had been given earlier on each and every crepe. This ought to do the trick. But Comrade Buttonface ate crepe after crepe, and nothing was happening. I don't understand. That chemical leavener should be reacting in his belly to fill him full of gas faster than a day-old hot dog. Huh. Let me see that bottle again. Janet's mother grabbed the bottle, only to find... Ah, this is baking soda, dear, not baking powder. Oh, no. We need an acid to start this gassy reaction. What should we do? I know. I have a nice cold bottle of buttermilk in our fridge at home. Think you can stretch out that far to grab it? Only one way to find out. Janet stretched her arm out of the arena, past the Ferris wheel, around the circus tent, and up over the Empire State Building. She stretched and stretched and stretched until finally she felt her own front door. Okay, my hand's at the house. Oh, hurry, Janet. The comrade looks like he's getting thirsty. More crepes! Eh, maybe not. But hurry, she did. She pulled her arm with the buttermilk in hand back over the Empire State Building, past the circus tent, and around the Ferris wheel. And just in the nick of time. Hmm. Thirsty now. As if on cue, Janet's hand dropped the buttermilk onto the table in front of him. Thank you. And gulp after gulp, Comrade Buttonface drank that entire bottle down and let out a very modest burp. Uh, oh, <clears throat> excuse me. And another. Uh, uh, <coughs> pardon me. And another. Uh, <laughs> no, that's not right. Excuse me. Uh. Until suddenly, Comrade Buttonface started to... in flight. He puffed up like a balloon and got bigger and bigger as the baking soda and buttermilk inside created more and more CO2. Until finally, he let out the most tremendous belch this world had ever ever heard. A burp so big, Comrade Buttonface flew across the sky like a balloon letting out its hair, until he was nothing more than a speck on the horizon. And after a moment of silence, everyone started to stand and cheer. You did it, Janet! You banished Comrade Buttonface! We can stand again and bake rye bread. 
and everyone sang and rejoiced and started to build things taller. We found a pole for the circus and finally got those poor people out of that tent and back to their families. We stood up the Ferris wheel and it was slightly more fun again. The Empire State Building fix was a little more complicated, so we just ended up building a few bridges over it to help with the traffic. Thank you. To celebrate Janet and her stretchy courage, each year, instead of the crepe bake-off, we have a belching contest in her honor. Oh, I'm so proud of you, sweetheart. Uh. Thanks, Mom. And as for Comrade Buttonface... <laughs> Stop that! You're tickling me! <laughs> Stop it! Well, he had flown clear over the ocean and landed on the back of a giraffe. He didn't even seem to mind. He was finally tall and spent the rest of his days admiring how cool giraffes are. I mean, they are seriously cool. Did you know they sleep standing up and that they could moo, roar, hiss, and whistle? Come on, enough already. Right, right, sorry. The end. Would you like to have a belching contest, Molly? Not particularly. Where's Oliver? Can cats burp? I think it's time to close out Chemical Leavener's Week. What a week. We learned that baking powder is double-acting and that baking soda can be used for lots of things like meats, beans, and veggies, and all about the chemistry behind chemical leaveners. And what kitchen tool to use when. Well, we'll be back next week to talk about another brand new ingredient. And remember, at the end of the season, we'll be using all of our ingredients in a very special mystery recipe to cook together. Can you guess what it is yet? So far, we've talked about eggs, vegetable oil, salt, sugar, flour, milk, and chemical leaveners. Be sure to listen next week. If you love Mystery Recipe, you can subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. That way, you won't miss an episode. And if you really love the show, leave us a comment and tell us what you think the Mystery Recipe will be. Until then, keep, keep on, on cooking. cooking! Mystery Recipe is hosted by me, Molly Birnbaum and I am a bottle of Heinz tomato ketchup. Chad Chennai is our writer and producer. He is a cupcake. Our executive producer is Caitlin Kelleher. She's a salty sweet chocolate chip cookie. Kaya Williams was the associate producer for this episode. She is a caramel brownie. Scoring, sound design, and mixing by Matt Boynton of Ultraviolet Audio. He's the cherry on top. Jonathan Roberts composed our theme music and is a fizzy drink. Our post-production supervisor is Ken Margolis in Artichoke. Our production manager is Diane Knox, who is also Broccoli. Jack Bishop is the chief creative officer of America's Test Kitchen. He's a garden-grown green zebra tomato. David Nussbaum is our CEO, and he's a homemade ravioli. Special thanks to our senior science editor, Paul Adams, deputy editor, Kristen Sargianis, Executive Food Editor, Susanna McFerrin. Assistant Editor, Katie O'Hara. Senior Editor, Afton Cyrus. Test Cook, Andrea Vavjin, And Test Cook, Cassandra Loftlin. This episode featured the voices of Kira O'Sullivan, Neo Sihi, Terrence Kidd, Gina DeMay, Yorgos Sivernides, and Adriana Colon. 
Thanks again to our sponsors, Kroger and Driscoll's. Mystery Recipe is a production of America's Test Kitchen Kids. Huh, I wonder if I could use the fast forward button to help with all this cleaning. Done, clean as a whistle, and it's only 2 a.m. Ah, Oliver never got dinner. Hi, grown-ups. I wanted to tell you a little bit about our newsletter. If you love the fun food content we share on Mystery Recipe, then sign up today for our ATK Kids newsletter to receive even more recipes, activities, and stories from me straight to your inbox. As a mom of two, I always try to include things that are important to my family, and it's a great way to hear about all the new things we are cooking up at ATK. Plus, every new email added will be entered for a chance to win three free ATK Kids books for toddlers through teens. We'll draw 10 winners every month while the promotion lasts, and we have some great books available all the time. Head to atkkids.com newsletter to sign up today for your chance to win. Thank you.